We are on Daf Vav Amad Aleph. We're starting from Daf Hey Amad Bey's eight lines from the bottom, the third word on the line, Amar Mar. So remember yesterday, we actually said something that apparently is contradictory in the Bryce. On the one hand, we said things that you don't own, uh, uh, you're, not, you're, you're, you're not transgressing having this chametz. And then we said that if you receive uh, deposits, etc., from the non-Jew, uh, that, it, that um, you are responsible. That, that is, you are true, you do transgress, or things not yours transgressing or not. So the Gemara says the following. She says, Omar, we said in the Bible, we said, you might think the person can hide the chametz, they won't see it, and he received deposits from non-Jews. Talmud Lomar, it says what? It shall not be found, period. And, and uh, it should not be found. Did we say in the beginning of the Brisa, we said only things that belong to you you can't see, but you can see things that belong to other people, and let's say things that belong to the base of me, that are not yours. So are things that are not yours, are you liable or not? The Gemara says, look, it's not a difficulty that we can't resolve. is here, when we said that the person is responsible for chametz that doesn't belong to him, it's chametz where he accepted responsibility. Well, those things are stolen or lost, so then to some degree it's considered as if it belongs to him and he transgresses. I behal. And when the Bryce has said that he, that he is not responsible for things that don't belong to him, the local he did not accept responsibility to pay back in these cases. Like Rabbi said to the people of Mechoza, in Mechoza, there would have, there would be, the non-Jewish soldiers would, would deposit flour to the Jews to bake bread for them, and the Jews were responsible to pay if it would get stolen or lost. Okay, so he said, he said, He said, you have to get rid of the chametz of the army for that, that's in your house. Why? Came the since if that stuff would be stolen, ilo misbear, or if it would be, or if it would be, or if it would be lost, pardon me, if it would be lost, it's it's in your domain at least to some degree of and you'll need to pay. Okay, kedil chandami. Since it's, it's it, therefore kedil chandami. Therefore, it's like it's yours, like we just said. But also, and it's also to have on Pesach. Moshe says, one second, one second. We have a famous argument, and that is that when something is not per se money, but it causes money. So let's say for let's say let's say the following example: a person sanctified an animal to the to, to a sanctified. Uh, an animal that belongs to the and now it belongs it goes to the base of but the thing is he he said it in a way that if it gets destroyed he has to pay for it. There's two there's different ways, but this one the animal is that if the animal gets destroyed he's going to have to pay. So now somebody stole it. So normally if a person steals he only has to pay double if it belongs to his neighbor, but not not if it belongs to the base of uh, so now we have an argument. Well, let's say here, since the person, since, even though it belongs to the base of Megiddo, if it gets destroyed, the, 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 the Jewish person who it was stolen from is going to have to pay for it, is going to have to replace it. So now maybe it was stolen from him. So you have, so you have an argument. Sigma says, That's very good. Like over the, if you hold over there, like the person who says that anything that causes a person to pay for something, even though it's not his, it's considered like it's his. So that, so therefore what? So therefore, therefore you would have to, you would, the thief would have to pay the double for example, why? Because uh, be, be, because the, the Jew that he stole it from, even though it belonged to the base of Migdash, but the Jew that he stole it from is going to have to pay for it, so therefore it's considered like his. And therefore he pays carefully. But according to the opinion that says no, it's still, even though the Jew is going to have to pay for what was destroyed, it still belongs to the base of Migdash, and therefore the thief won't have to pay double. Michael and Maymar, what are you going to say? According to that opinion, that, that a thing that causes money is not money, so also over here, so what? Even if he accepted responsibility uh, to, to 
for the guarding or whatever of the of the non-Jews chametz, but still, it's not really his. Why is he transgressing? The Gemara says no. Shaniyach, it's different here. Why? It's different here. That what the Amar lo yimatzei. Since it says lo yimatzei under all circumstances, it shall not be found. So therefore, even according to even. Uh, even the opinion that holds that Dabra Gomer and the Maman, Lavka Maman Dami, that something that causes money is not money. In this case, since the Torah went out of its way to say, in all events, so a thing that's enough yours that, 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 you, that you accept your responsibility for, even the opinion who normally holds that a thing that causes money isn't money, over here it's enough money, it's enough like yours to, be tra- to transgress since you took responsibility. Ikadamri, some people say that, that it's the opposite way. One second, what you said here in the Bryce, it makes sense, according to the opinion that we said over there, the things that cost money are not money, okay, and it's not, why? That's why the Pasuk had to say, you might say, to come and tell me that at all events, uh, it can't be found, even something, even something, even something that's not truly yours, as long as, as, long as you accepted responsibility. But according to the one who says, but according to the opinion that holds that things that cost money are money, then it's obvious here. Yeah, the same as over there, the fact that he has to pay for it makes it like it's stolen. The fact that the Jew has to pay for it makes it like it was stolen from the Jew. Then also over here, the fact that the Jew has to pay for it is like the chametz belongs to the Jew. Why did the Torah to go out of its way? Since we already hold double going to mammon, kamamon dummy, it's like mammon. So why did the Torah to tell me the general rule over the say that 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 it can't be found if he took a rice? It's obvious. Now, even according to the opinion that holds the things that cause money are money, I would have said, because over there, we, 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 okay, I, I would think that over here, uh, uh, that over here, that even though I generally say what, that a thing causes money is money, that is when what, okay, uh, uh, since, over, since over here, uh, uh, I, I have the stuff to give back, okay? Uh, I have the actual chomets to give back. La okay? And therefore, it's not considered like it's in his domain. Kamash lets me lets me know that uh, that it is. No, over there, as if we're saying over there, when we said Dabra Mam Lamam Dame, it's because the, because the animal, so to speak, is gone. It's not there to give back. Mm-hmm. Over here, where the chomets is here to give back, so I could say to myself, what? That it's, then it's not considered like money. And the, yeah, and therefore I need the term of Chadesh that it is considered money since he took, since he took responsibility. I hope I got that in proper order. By me, name me, They asked Rabbi the following question: that they, they had cases where the government, the king, would say, every 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 tenth, uh, um, um, he, he would say what he'd say that uh, the the king would say, uh, one tenth of every of every flock belong to the what's born belongs to belongs to the king. Okay, or some the king will say you're part of every dough. So over there, so he wants to know. So is he chayev to to give the 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 one tenth? You know, each tenth animal. Why? Because we have a rule that the, that an animal that belongs to Jew and a non-Jew, you don't have to give the the a tenth of the of the newborn animal. So over here, what do we say? Since the king has the ability, since the king taxes and says one tenth of the newborns are mine, so maybe the king's a partner with the Jew and he doesn't have to give, or maybe not. Because he said, any place where the king doesn't demand physically the, the animal, but says, look, I just want the value, you can pay me, just pay me with money, pay me the value, there's no question of chayim. There's no question that the Jewish chayim, and we don't consider the king to actually own uh, part, of the, part, of the, part of the animal. That's not really happening. 
Where's the question? Where the king doesn't allow you to give anything but the animal, even so, we're still not sure is the king considered to be a partner in the animal or not. Okay, my, what's the, what, what's the rule over there? So, so, so Rabbi said to them, Petura, the person is exempt. Okay, why? Because since the king has a rights, he's considered he's like a partner in the animal, in the, in the firstborn, in the, in, the, in, the, in the newborns, pardon me. And, uh, and the... I, I keep saying t- the, the tenth. I'm sorry. Firstborns. We were talking about firstborns, not the not the, the firstborns, not the uh, not the tenth animal, right? So, we have, so and a firstborn. That's part. That's a partnership for the Jew and the non-Jew. That he doesn't have to give. So okay, the question is over here. Is he part of the firstborns or not? I'm sorry. I just I just mix it up. Okay. Hi, Tanya. Hey, have us one second. How can you tell me that he's part of? Didn't we learn in the Brisa that the person is obligated when when the king takes his tenth? He says no. Hasam the matzim masalikli. He said no. When did the Brisa say what that you're obligated? Where you're not obligated to give the animals. So since you can give the money, the king's not a partner in the firstborn. But where, but but when I said he says he's talking about a case where what? Where you must give the animal, and therefore the king is like a partner, and you're exempt. Uh, you're exempt in. Uh, uh, in giving the firstborn. Okay, Ikadam, right? Some people say, Amar Rava Rava says, Behemus are not a paturimina bechorah. He says the, the animal, the, he said the other way. He says an animal that, that the king taxes, okay, he wants a tenth of everything, the Afogaftim, uh, okay, is, is, is pater from Bukhar, right? And even though he's allowed to pay him off with money, it's still considered as if the king is a partner. Why? Because as long as he didn't buy him off, it, it's still considered as if he owned the animal. Even in this case, he's really, really lenient. Even if the king, even if you can pay the king off with money, so long as you didn't pay him, it's still considered as he owns the animal. Isa Sardona, let's say you had the other way. Let's say you have it, let's say you have you have to give from every dough, you have to give to the you have to give to the king, okay? Uh, that no matter uh, okay, that for sure we don't consider the king to be a partner. Chayevus bechala, okay. You're obligated to isa sanona chayevus bechala. If it's if it's the dough of a king, you must give chala. And even though the king won't let you pay him off, it's an extreme. He says no matter what, even though he demands the dough, we still don't consider him a partner. And you have to and you have to give the chala. So that doesn't make any sense. One second, one second. If you told me by an animal that even when you can pay him off with money, he's still exempt, you're gonna tell me now what, by the dough when you can't pay him off with money, he's obligated? The answer is you're right, because it's one, one is from the Torah and one is rabbinic. And the first half of Abba holds, like we said, that when it comes to when it comes to the when it comes to the animal, so long as you have, even if you could pay the king off, so long as you haven't paid him off, he's a partner and you're exempt. By the dough, the reason he says because it's rabbinic, my timer, here's the reason. Behema is like kala. An animal, it has. It, everybody knows it makes a noise when the kid. Everybody knows that the that the, that the, that this animal belongs. That that uh, that it's an animal that belongs to the king, okay. Uh, and uh, and therefore everybody knows that you're not obligated to give the bechor from this from this herd, okay, from this flock. Isa less like kala. But when it comes to the dough, not everybody knows that uh, that. Uh, that the reason why this person wouldn't be given the chal is because it's because of the taxes. And it'll look bad, and therefore, by the dough, you have to give take chal no matter what. Tana Rabbanan, okay, we learn, the rabbis teach. This we mentioned yesterday. A non-Jew comes into a Jewish courtyard, but he has his dough in his hand, it's chametz, he doesn't have to tell the guy to leave. He doesn't have to get him out of there. Who cares? It's not my chametz, it belongs to the guy. If keto at slow, but now if he gives it to him as a, if he deposits it with him, zakuk levar, then then okay, uh, uh, um, okay, he then he has to get rid of it, okay. But that's where what we're going to see. Obviously, he's taking responsibility. Yichid lo, okay, now we're going to yichid lo bias. 
Okay, the, 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 here's the question. Usually a person says, here, watch my stuff. He says, put it down in front of me means I take responsibility. Put it down in front of you, you take responsibility, I'm not responsible. So over here we took responsibility, okay? But let's say he gave him, he gave him, he said, look, put it in a specific place. You put your stuff here. Then he's saying to him, look, I'm not taking responsibility. You put it in your place. I'm giving you a place, a specific place. Put it in the house here. Put it over here in this corner. Put it in this house. I'm giving you a specific place, then you're responsible. He doesn't have to get a bit. Why? Why? Now, again, the quote here seems contradictory. We're trying to say why he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to get rid of it, yet it said, you should not be found at all events. So the Gemara says, my comer, how can you quote the Pasuk? That Pasuk is like you said, did yesterday, that's the Pasuk that says you are, that you do have to get rid of it. How can you just show he doesn't have to get, of it, get rid of it? Amrav Papa, he says, no, he says, he says, you're making a mistake. When it said, when it, when it said that it shouldn't be found, he says, that's not talking about the second rule where he gave him, a, gave him a room, gave him a place in the house to, to, to put it down where he doesn't take responsibility. And so Arisha quite stuff with the first place, where he's obligated, where it says, and it said this, if if he deposited with him, he took responsibility, he has to get rid of it. And then as it says, lo okay, it shall not be found, and that includes even Chamez that doesn't belong to him, but that he took responsibility for. Ravashi Omar, lo olam ha-sefer, he says, no, he says, it's talking about the Sefer, it's talking, that, it brought, that Pasuk, lo is telling me why, when I told him, put it in this house, put it in this corner of this house, a specific place, and I'm not taking responsibility, why it is that I don't have to get rid of it, ha-sefer, it's talking about the second law. Vachi Kamar, this is what it's saying, yichad lo if I gave him a special place, put it, special house, a special place, I don't have to get rid of it, because I'm not taking responsibility. Shalem, as it says, lo okay, it has to be something, it has to be something that's that's available to you, that's found for you, that's readily available at hand. Okay, and that means what? That you that I that I took responsibility, and it's like it's mine. Okay, so that can't be, I, I, and that's why. So the word you must say shows me that 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 thing that I didn't take responsibility for, I am not. I am not. I'm not. Oh, trans, I don't transgress because it's not called you must say. It's not available to me. I. And we said, this thing, once I gave it to him, and once I said, put it over there in a special place, it's not really mine. Okay, the Nachri Kikom why we live when the when the Andrew comes into the Jews' property, the basic the Nafshikoya. He's coming into his own home because I gave him a special place like I gave it to him. I the more says, one second, one second. Don't we have a debate? Who said when I when somebody rents something, did we have a debate whether that's considered ownership? And over here, when you give him you give him a special, a special place, the non-Jew's like he's like a renter. So if you tell me what that renting is like ownership, okay, then the non-Jew, you gave a special place, you're not responsible. But if but if we don't say rental is ownership, then then, then it's in your, that's your place, it's not his place, what's going on? So the Gemara says, do you want to say what? That it's obvious that that, that rental really, the rental really is an, is an acquisition, it's like the guy's taking it, it's in his place, didn't we learn it's not true? Okay, we learned that it's not so, didn't we learn? Uh, 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 even a place where the Torah, to, where we were taught that, that I'm allowed to rent uh, uh, places to a non-Jew, but nevertheless, even outside of Eretz Yisrael, where I can rent, let's say, to rent to this idol worshiper, but I can't rent him for a home. Okay, why? Because because I want to rent a place for a storehouse. Okay, but a home, a place where he's going to live, they're going to bring their idols into there. Okay, it's going to come into my place. If you hold that rental is like is like a, is like an acquisition, then when I rent to the Naju even for a domicile, when I rent to the idol worshiper, it really is for not for for a domicile, so what if it brings the idols into it? It's like bringing it to his own place, so it must be what? From the fact that we, that I can't rent to him for a domicile, because it's going to be like it's coming to my place, must be what? Okay, it must be what? That we say that rental is not an acquisition. 
So rental's not an acquisition. So how can I sit over here when I give the guy a, a special place that's not coming into my place? It's coming. He's not going to this place. He's coming to my place. Shaniyocha doesn't matter. Even so, even if I say rental is not an acquisition, why Since the Torah expressed the prohibition of having comments says that it shall not be found, it comes. It expressed in a way that shows a leniency. Something that's really matzah It's found in your hand. It's available to you. which excludes this. Okay, it's not really available to me in my hand. It's not really found in my hand because I gave it, I designated it for the non-Jew. The Gemara says further, Let's say after the, the, the guy already, the guy already was mavatal chametz before Yontov, and now on Yontov, he finds chametz. Okay, so what, 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 what does he do? No, we can't get rid of it because it's muksa. Because you're not allowed to get benefit from chametz on, on Pesach. It says, So what should he do? Just put a, just put a utensil over it. Amarava im hegdeshu enotzarech, and if and why do you have to put a utensil over it? So you shouldn't come to, so you shouldn't come to eat it. Okay, no, it's, you, you shouldn't come to uh, eat uh, the chametz. Okay, we're not worried about it only because he really is a mavatla. Amarava says im shehegdesh enotzarech. If the chametz belongs to the base of migdash, it's hegdesh. Okay, you don't have to, you don't have to put a utensil over it. Why? My tarvitz reason because ready that all year long everybody everybody stays away from. Why do we have a special rule by chametz? Because chametz is all year long we eat it. We never separate it from it. So if we have to put a keli over it to stop you from eating it, when it comes to but when it comes to hegdesh, since all year long I would I, I know to stay away. Even though, even now in Pesach I don't have to put a. A, uh, even though it's chametz, it's enough to put a kli over it because because it's hegdish, I'll stay away. There's no fear I'll come to eat it. Rami Huda he said another thing. He says chametz shall nochri. Okay, let's say the chametz of a non-Jew that's in a Jew's hand, but he didn't he didn't accept responsibility, so he's allowed to keep it. He still has to make a, a partition ten handbreadths high to recognize that it, that it's chametz and he shouldn't come to eat it. And now here he himself says it. Rob himself says shall uh, uh, that and if it's and if it's uh, if it's belongs to the temple, if it's sanctified property, and it's sorry, uh, you don't have to make a mechitz, you don't have to make a partition. My timer, why Because on its own, regardless of the fact that it's chametz, people would be separated themselves from it because it was hegdesh. Hamafarish. Let's say a person sails away in a ship. A person goes away with a caravan on a long journey. If it's before thirty days before Pesach, he doesn't have to get rid of the chametz. Okay, but within thirty days, he does have to get rid of the chametz. Okay, uh, now. Uh, we're going to read it the simple way. What's the reason? We know that chametz, let's say, that is covered over by a pile of rubble. It's like it was gone. You don't have to worry. If it becomes uncovered, that's a problem. So chametz, when you're, when you're going away, okay, it's like, it's like the chametz in your house is covered over by rubble. But when is that, okay, so it's covered over by rubble. Now, Amar Abaya, he says, what do you mean? When you said, well, if it's within 30 days, he has to get rid of it. Lo Amran, that when we said that, Lo Amran, Ella should die to Lassar. That's only if he intends, even that, when you said that within 30 days, he has to get rid of it, that's all if he intends to come back to the house with it, uh, on Pesach. But if he doesn't intend to come to the house on Pesach, even if he leaves within 30 days, he doesn't have to get rid of it. Okay? Amar Le, Rabbi says, wait a second. He says, what are you talking about? If the guy 
guy intends to come back on Pesach, I feel the Nami. I don't care. I don't care. Forget about that. Forget about feelings before thirty days. If he, within thirty days or before thirty days, he would have to. He would have to get rid of his chametz. But if he left at the beginning of the year, I don't care how long before Pesach he left. He has to get rid of the chametz. Okay, why? Because when, okay, because we, because when he's going to get to come back to his house on Pesach, by by the fact that he returns, it's like it became uncovered. He's going to transgress having chametz on Pesach. Rabbi says, like, this is the law. When we say, we say that before, if he leaves, before it's 30 days before, before 30 days before, that he doesn't have to get rid of it. That's only in condition that he doesn't intend to come back on Pesach. Even when he leaves before 30 days, it's only because he's not coming back. If he intends to come back on Pesach, I don't care if he, if he left in the beginning of the year for Rosh Hashanah, no matter how early he left, he has to get rid of the Chumash because when he's going to come back, it's like he had Chumash on Pesach. And Rabbi is following his reasoning, which is what? He says, let's say you want to turn my house into into a, a, a grain store, okay? Uh, uh, okay, and what's happening is, and, and underneath, I'm putting a pile of grain on, and there's chametz under the uh, under produce, and under the produce is chametz. Kodim shloshim yom. If I want to turn into a grain store before thirty before thirty days before Pesach, and zakuk lefire, I don't have to get rid of the chametz because I put a pile of the stuff on top of it, and now it's considered that I got rid of it, uh, uh, like it's like it's 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 under a rubble pile because I put the stuff on top. But within thirty days, he, he can't do it. He, he, he has to. He, he, he has to uh, he has to uh, get rid of it. And when we said what that before thirty days that if you go to turn into a storehouse you don't have to get rid of it. But that's only what when he said that that's only when you don't intend to uncover it. Okay, on Pesach. I will die to Lefanosa. If you intend on covering a Pesach, I feel a kodem shloshim yom nami zakalabar. Even if it's before 30 days, even, even if you're going to turn to a grain store before 30 days before Pesach, it doesn't matter. Since you're going to intend to uncover it afterwards and it'll be like revealed, then you're like, you're going to have to on Pesach. You can't do it. And that fits with what he said above about the rule of whether you have to get rid of that. When he said that if you're going away, no matter how early in the year you're going away, if you tend to come back on Pesach, it's always going to be a problem of having chametz on Pesach. Just like he said over here, that if you're going to uncover the, 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 uh, the the chametz from a grain store, uh, and then it's like yeah, then then you're forbidden to make the to make the uh, to 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 cover it over, no matter how early it is. Okay, of you attending to uncover on Pesach. Now, with this whole idea of 30 days, where's the idea come from? My bit of tie. What's the whole principle? What's 30 days? What does it mean? Uh, other places, 30 days has some meaning. What does it mean over here? Why is 30 days meaningful? Kedatanya, like we said, because we have a rule that we that we that we learn and we and we and we explain the halachas of Pesach thirty days before Pesach. So therefore, that thirty days represents a time we're already involved, and all of our rabbinic and etc. obligations of Pesach, or so to speak, we're already involved and have the obligations of Pesach within those thirty days. Rambam says, no, you only have to teach the laws of Pesach two weeks before Pesach. My time at the Tanakama. What is the reasoning of the Tanakama? Where does he get his idea that it has to be 30 days? Shahari, because we learned in the Torah, Moshe Omei Pesach Remember, it was the first Pesach 
the regular Pesach, Umazra al Pesach Sheni. And on, on Pesach, the people who were who were, had become unclean from touching a corpse, they came and said, What are we going to ask for Pesach? And he told them the halachas of Pesach Sheni, which was 30 days later. So you see that he taught the rules of Pesach Sheni and Pesach Rishon. So you see, we teach the laws of Pesach 30 days before. Shenem, as it says, They made it in their time. They made the Pesach at its time. And it's written by Yanashim Asher, There were people who were Tommy by touching, by touching a corpse, and he taught them the laws. I said, What does Rabbi Shimon Leo say to that? Don't you see he taught it 30 days before? He says, No, he says, but he says, Leo, he'll say to you that that proves nothing. I did the Ire, Bimili de Pesach, since they were busy teaching the laws of the first Pesach, Masik Luko Mili de Pesach. So he taught them everything. He taught them also the rules of Pesach Shani, but it's not because you have to teach 30 days before. Once he was on the subject, he taught it. So where so then, okay, my time is Leo. So then what's the reason of Shimon Leo? We we see why he doesn't accept the 30-day rule, but where did he get the two-week rule from? The answer is Shahari Moshe Omid because it was Rosh Chodesh Nisan, he's standing there with Masra al Pesach, and he and he was giving them, he was teaching them, rejoining them about the Pesach. Shinever as it says. This month is is the head of the month for you, Nisan. Oksivin, it's written. Speak to the, the Jewish people. Say to them on the tenth of this month. Each one's going to take a a, a a sheep to the house, etc. So therefore, what that was two weeks before from Rosh Chodesh till till uh, till, 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 till till Pesach. I might have reached Yachakai. One second. Who told you it was, it was Rosh Chodesh when that, when that happened? When Moshe said this thing, who said it was Rosh Chodesh when he said this month is a new month? Maybe it was the fourth or the fifth of the month. I said, you're right. I can't prove it from there. Here's where I get the two weeks from. Here's where we get the two weeks from. From here, Hashem spoke to Moshe in the in, in the in the desert in the desert of Sinai. Okay, in the second year. In the first month, okay, uh, okay, it's written. What does it say there? people made the Pesach in its right time. So you see what that he, that he commanded the Pesach two weeks before from Rosh Chodesh to Pesach. Who told you? Who told you? Who told you? You said it's Rosh Chodesh, but where did you see it? It didn't say it was Rosh Chodesh. How did it know it was Rosh Chodesh? Maybe it was the fourth of the month. Maybe it was the fifth of the month. That's what he's standing and teaching them. That's what they were holding. He says, you're right. He says, it's not explicit, but I learned it from a word bridge because it says in two places here and another place, Midbar. Midbar mi Midbar. I learned from the word desert from desert. It's written here, in the desert of Sinai. And when it's written there in, in the beginning of Midbar, he says that Moshe was on the first of the second month, in the desert on the first of the second month. Just like over there, that was talking about Rosh Chodesh, Afkan Rosh Chodesh. Okay, now he says once we're talking about this pasuk at the beginning of of, of the midbar. Okay, we have a real question. Okay, why is it that we spoke about that 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 uh, that uh, um, uh, why was it? We have an interesting problem. Why was it that the 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 parsha that speaks about the section, that speaks about the counting of Israel, which happened in the second month, why is it written before the carbon Pesach, which happened in the first month? Why don't you write first the thing that happened in the first month, which is, which is, which is Pesach, okay, and write what happened in the second month, 
uh, which is about the which is about the uh, count, about the counting. Why don't you write that second? Why'd you write the counting first? Because this comes to teach you that the Torah does not follow an order. There's no there's no chronological. Order. There's no prior and later. The the, the 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 retelling of the events doesn't follow a chronological order. Amrav Papa. Okay, so uh, so uh, right. Uh, so the Papa says, but you have to know that this rule of, uh, uh, of that there's no order is only you're talking about two different sections of the Torah, two, two different, two different, two different uh, parshios. When it's one, when it's one section, okay, uh, one section, uh, within one given section, what's early is early, what's late is late. And why is this? Because if you don't say this, you're going to end up with an impossible situation. Maybe we have rules. For example, let's say you have a general followed by a particular. We learn one way. A particular by followed by a general. We learn another way. Particular by followed by a general amplifies. A general followed by a particular limits. So... So those rules, because the rule that we have that if you have a general followed by a particular, by specific, you only have in the general what's in the specific. Okay, how can you follow that rule? Maybe it's the opposite. Maybe it really was a specific followed by a general. If you, if we have the, our rule that we say, if you have a specific followed by a general, that the general comes out to amplify, to add to the to the, to the, to the, to the, to the specific. Maybe it's the other way. Maybe it was really a, a, a general followed by a specific. So since we can apply those rules, you see that in one in one section, in one segment, in one segment, we do follow, we, we do have an order of before and after, although we can never apply those rules. Mark says, one second, if that's true, I got a problem. He says, I feel we train Yaninabi. Then even in two sections, we should have, we'd have to say that it follows the order, not like he said above. You told me that the two sections, uh, our two sections are not in order, but within one section, it's in order. One second, but I have an opinion that I can learn these rules from section to section. That's very good, according to the opinion that says, what if I have a general followed by a particular, I don't apply the rule. Uh, 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 if they're far from each other. Shapir, then what you said is fine to differentiate between sections and within a section. Alamanda, Amr, Dunin, but according to the opinion that says what? That even when they're far apart, uh, you still follow the rule, Michael and Man. We're going to say that even then, according to that, according to that opinion, even section to section has to be in order. The answer is, he says, I feel domin. Okay, he says, no, don't worry. I feel domin. Well, even the opinion that says that we that we follow the rule of klal and prat, even though they're they're far apart. Okay, even if they're okay, uh, they have to be uh, they're far apart still in one in one uh, in one set in one. Uh, in one port, in one part, in one session, in one segment. I'll betray you, but two different se- segments ain't done that we don't. Far apart within one, but not far apart w- from one to the other. Okay, and we have to we have to discuss. We, we, there's room to discuss what it means when we say when, what the word uh, inyana means. Okay, Amrav, Amrav, Amrav. And you could argue, you could argue at the end here it's that the word inyana really means. Uh, subject matter. In the end, I'll leave that up to you. We, we learned that when a person checks this chametz on the fourteenth of the night, he also has to nullify the chametz. Uh, he says, you know, he nullifies it and, and makes it ownerless. My time. What's the reason? Why, okay. Uh, 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 
Uh, since he's getting rid of all the chametz that he has, why does he have to nullify his chametz also? Why do you, what, do you need, what do you need to overkill for? And if the point is what you're afraid is that there are crumbs that he didn't find when he checked, and that's what he has to nullify for, they're completely valueless, they're meaningless, and, 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 and nobody, they have, they have no, no value, and nobody's going to be transgressed for them. They, they, they mean nothing. Nobody's going to be, nobody's going to transgress. Okay, Vechitema came in the Mintalu Hagav Basi. I'll tell you why. Even though for in, in, in and of themselves they're valueless, and therefore he wouldn't be translated, okay, but Agav Basi Hashim, you want to say what? Because he, when, he, when he guards his own house, he closes the door, he's also guarding the crumbs. And even though the crumbs on their own are not worthwhile, but since they're guarded with the rest of the house, that bestows upon them a value, and therefore he would transgress with them, and therefore he has to nullify them. Even though he nullify them, they got rid of everything they could find. I Tanya, didn't we learn it's not true? I'm going to demonstrate to you that something that you don't care about, even if you're guarding it inadvertently, does not gain importance. Let's take a look. Vatanya, we learned. Sophie, Tanium, let's say, let's say the, the figs that are left over, okay? Uh, they're, not going to, they're never going to get ripe. Some people want them, some people don't want them, okay? They're never going to get ripe. And this person is guarding his field, not for those. For that, he's not guarding them, okay? But he's, he's really guarding because he has grapes there. Anavim, let's say the same way, okay? Let's say the, the leftovers of the grapes. Umeshamer And he's guarding his field, not for those ends of those grapes, but he's guarding it because of, of uh, squashes and, uh, and gourds, whatever they call them. So when the, when the owner, okay, really cares about these unripe, these ends of these dates, or the end of the, of the grapes that are not, that are not ripe, they're not going to become ripe. He doesn't want anybody, when he cares, he doesn't want anybody to take them. Asur Mishim Gezel, then they are prohibited. You're not allowed to, they, if you take them, it'll be stealing. And, and, and also, it's obligated to take tithes. It's obligated to take tithes from them because they're not considered because they're not considered ownerless. Why? Uh, because they're not considered ownerless. So okay, bisman she'ain balabais makbid aleim But if he doesn't care about them, they are they they are they are permitted. You can take them. It's not stealing mishum gezel. It's mutarim. They're 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 allowed mishum gezel. It's not permitted to take them. That's not stealing. Mutarim and amaisar and what and 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 there's no obligation to take tithes from them. Why? Because they are hefker. They're ownerless. And even though this guy is guarding the field, so you see that what when he doesn't care about them, if, he does, if he's not makbid, then 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 even though he's guarding them. For something else, it doesn't take on a value. So the same thing over here, if the guy doesn't care about the crumbs, the fact that he's guarding the house shouldn't give them value. So I'm still stuck. So what's the answer? Why is it that he has to mavatal his chametz? If the stuff that he, that he got rid of everything and the, and the crumbs, he doesn't care about. And the fact that he guarded them, is, that he's guarding, guarding them uh, together with the house means nothing. Here's the reason. The reason why you have to move out to the chametz is not because of the crumbs, but rather we're afraid that after he checked, okay, he's going to find a nice roll, a very nice one. And what he's going to have his mind on it. He really has to get rid of it. Uh, he really has to get rid of it uh, 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 right away. But he'll hesitate. He won't get rid of it, and he'll transgress. Okay, so what's the problem? So whenever he find, whenever he finds it, let him let him let him nullify it. Okay, the the answer of Gemara says that's not going to work. You have to nullify it on the fourteenth. Why? Why? Because we're afraid maybe he's going to find it after the time when chametz is aser, and when chametz is aser, it's not it's not just aser to eat; it's aser to get benefit from because anything because it's aser to get benefit from. It's not in his domain. It's not his to nullify. 
He's going to find it, and he has to destroy it, and he can't nullify it because it doesn't belong to him. He can't nullify it. Okay, why? Why is that? Because there are two things in this world that are not in a person's possession, but as far as the Torah is concerned, they are in your possession. What are they? What are they? The guy who digs a hole in the public domain, he doesn't own the hole, it's a public domain. Nevertheless, when somebody falls into it, he's responsible for the damage. Okay? And similarly, from the sixth hour onwards, even though the Torah said it's forbidden if to get benefit from, nevertheless, is, uh, then, then why should a person be liable for having it? He, 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 he can't get benefit, it's not his. The Torah considered, even though the Torah forbade it for benefit, the Torah considers it his. Therefore, the reason why we have so, therefore, in the, fi- in the final analysis, we said was what? We said that, we said that, uh, uh, um, we said that, um, that the reason that the reason why you have to bato on the night of the fourteenth is because because maybe he'll maybe he'll find it afterwards. He'll find it afterwards, find a nice roll, and he'll hesitate to get rid of it. And therefore, we have to make sure that it was bato from now. Uh, uh, okay, let's stop here. It's a good stopping place. Shkach, we'll call that a daf. Everyone have a wonderful day and a wonderful Shabbos.